Good morning. So, just finished our 6.15 and 7am magic show workouts where I mess around with magic tricks plus do some working out. We did leg work, arm work, back of the arms especially today. But what I want to talk about is something that comes up a lot which I know what to do but I still don't do it. So that could be with regards to snacking, boredom eating, finding the motivation to exercise. And when, I, when we really delve into this, it often comes because we're not seeing results. Hey Norma, so this, off, this can often happen because we're not seeing the results. Morning Michelle. So for example, let's say we're using the scales, which is fine, it is one measure, and the scales are actually one measure that you could include in, but however, it depends on your relationship with them. For example, let's say every fluctuation really annoys you, so you wanna grab that scale and throw it out the window, then it's probably not gonna suit your mental health and how you feel, and how you feel affects what you do. So two options for you with this before I go into these other ways. Hey Michelle, option one, would be to actually, this sounds weird, but weigh daily. And this is because if you're weighing weekly at like 7 p.m., as some people do, hey Ali, what you're failing to take into account is the fluctuations that will happen daily based on sleep, based on stress, based on how much cabbage and fiber you eat. I don't know, that's not body fat, right? That's, if you eat vegetables, you're gonna have more food going down your digestive system because fiber is slow to digest, so you may weigh more. It also fails to consider that you might have eaten your dinner later on, etc. all these things. And if you're just basing it on one measure, once a week, be prepared to accept potentially a four pound fluctuation either day. And just think those four pounds either way could dictate how you feel. That could then dictate what you do the next day, whether you think, sod it, I'm doing all this hard work. And this is why I wanna jump on now to kind of the things that you can do that aren't scales to track your progress. Because like most people say, I know what to do, I just don't do it. But it, is it that we don't do it because the scale result doesn't reflect what we think we should have? Which then means we get annoyed and think that it's not working, even though we're, not we're feeling better. So we might be feeling better, we might be fitter, we might be stronger, yet we're basing everything on this scale. In fact, sometimes people can lose inches or their clothes can feel a bit looser even a little bit, or they've done something to happen and get stronger and fitter, yet the scale hasn't moved. Now just consider before I go into this again, I'll just keep, keep going into this, tangents, that muscle is more dense than fat. So you could quite possibly have put on some muscle, if you're exercising especially, especially in kind of a resistance work like we do, even any exercise of a modest might have that effect. If you are exercising, this might mean that you are getting smaller, but not lighter, okay? Potentially. Muscle is about 20% more dense than body fat. So consider that if you, this is a very theoretical model, but if you lost five kilograms of body fat and gained five kilograms of muscle, you would weigh the same, but be 20% smaller, which is quite cool. So another option, if you don't want to weigh your scale daily and you just hate the scales, is just stop. Stop using them. Hey Lucy, hey Sarah. And instead of that, what I would advise instead is track habits. Because if you think about it, most of us know, we know what to do. Yeah, that's me, Michelle says. We know what to do, but we still don't do it. So if we know what to do, why don't we focus on doing what we know we need to do rather than the thing that is out of our control, aka the scales. The scales are not in your control. Menstrual cycle, mood, stress, sleep, whether I eat late at night, or a bit earlier will affect it. Where I eat carbs, not because I store body fat, but because 
for every gram of carbs you eat, you store four grams of water. That can add up. If, even if I'm within calories, I might be losing body fat over time slowly, but as a result of eating carbs, my body is drawing more water into the cells. That's just how it works. And that's not a bad thing, that's not body fat, but it might affect the weight, okay? So to prove that, just weigh an empty glass, put it on some weighing scales, pour water into it. Notice that, you know, if you put a liter of water in there, that's a, <laughs> you've put on weight. That doesn't mean it's put on body fat. Your, your body can do the same. Very simple analogy, but just to get you to kind of visually feel it. So five other things you can track. Number one, how many times you exercise? Hey Dawn, so how many times you ex exercise? Yeah, tracking the three legs of stools at the moment, which I'm gonna go into now, Ali. So tracking how many times you exercise, why? Well, for a lot of people, exercise makes people feel good. Now, I'll be honest, it doesn't make me feel good while I'm doing it. I like having exercise rather than exercising, okay? I like having exercise done. That makes me feel good. That sets me up for the day, like we just done this morning. Vanessa, one of these, actually wrote, I struggled to motivate myself through the, through the session. Now I feel great. Glad I did it. The magic helped. But this can be a domino to other habits. So, and by default, regardless of scales, weight, if you exercise, that's going to help blood pressure. That's going to help muscle tone, bone density, good endorphins, blood sugar levels, risk of cardiovascular disease, risk of diabetes, lung capacity, etc. All these things that until probably this pandemic are almost brushed aside quite often, wrongly, for, the, for weight, because everyone's normally bothered about, you know, which is fine, everyone you know, wants to feel good, etc. whatever goes for you, but you know, because of summer holidays, etc. but with summer holidays kind of canceled, then you know, it's been good to see a lot of the other benefits of exercise promoted. So track your exercise habits, because at the end of the day, the more you do that, the fitter you're gonna get. The fitter you get, the easier everyday tasks become, the better you feel, the more you'll say yes to things. Those walks uphill become easier. Like Linda mentioned the other day, she's getting on the floor. She can, for the first time, she's actually getting involved with her granddaughters a bit more, playing with them. All these things that are so much more powerful than just a number on the scales, right? You ain't gonna remember that when you're gone. So, number one, track your exercise. Number two is track your sleep. And it sounds like a weird thing, and I'm saying get really like particular with it. But exercise can often have a positive effect on sleep, okay? So track your sleep, and, and this can actually be through tracking a lot of other things, which I'm gonna go into now, but sleep is so, so important for your recovery, how you feel, your energy levels. Just one night of poor night, poor sleep can mean that you perceive food as more rewarding than it actually is. For example, if I see some Rice Krispies on the side, if I'm tired, my brain will perceive them as more rewarding than they actually are to me. So when I actually eat them, I might go, oh, it's okay, I might have another box, I'm not perceived, as that didn't really feel that, fit that need. So just be aware of that, how important sleep is. So exercise, sleep. Number three, track how often you do something for you. Now, this sounds really weird, but when you do something, and obvious, but when you do something that makes you feel good, you tend to have more energy to do the things that you know you need to do. Energy is just a state, remember that. Like, and I know it sounds weird, you might disagree, until I give the example of, I can be tired, I can be really tired, but if my, in a minute, when I go upstairs and start running around with the kids, if I was tired now, which I'm actually not, but sometimes I am at this time, sometimes I've been late, 
go to bed the night before, I get up, do the workouts, do my workouts in the morning, and then I'm tired straight after. If I go upstairs and play chase with the kids, all of a sudden I've got loads of energy. It's a state, right? So when you do something fun for you, whether that's meditation, whether that's going for a walk, reading a book, don't feel guilty about it because rest is a prerequisite for doing the things that you know you need to do. Rest is a prerequisite for success, not a reward. So, yeah, Annie says, tell me about it, sleep deprived. That sleep will affect a hell of a lot of things. So that's number three. Number four, water intake. Sounds really obvious, but trying to get, it's a very difficult one. If you're weaning clear by noon, you're probably okay. If you have three clear weeds a day, you're probably okay. But people often ask how much water to drink. I mean, at least four glasses, I would say, is a good thing. If, however, you are not weaned clear by noon, maybe try and up it. Three clear weeds a day, not doing that. Maybe try and up it. For many reasons, your digestion, like I've worked with a lot of people and their headaches have gone, their IBS has helped just from being more consistent with their water intake. Perhaps they also took magnesium as well. So if you do get migraines, headaches, magnesium citrate is a great one. Um, so last but not least is more around the nutrition side. So make your nutrition habit very, very simple to start with. So this could be trying to get a protein portion at every meal, plus trying to eat five different vegetables. Now, there are two little habits into nutrition that subconsciously will help you eat less because they're filling foods and they're quite, like, kind of don't contain too many calories for the, for the filling effect it, it has. So if you think about hunger, think about psychological and physiological hunger. Physiological hunger, you've got a need for protein, you've got a need for fiber, vegetables, you've got a need for that, the nutrition that they give you. If you're filling that need and you're full and you're satisfied at a meal, you may then have less of a need to snack. To some extent, I would even recommend increasing your meal's size and actually just saying, you know what, I'm just gonna have three meals and done. Three meals, no snacks. Just see how I get on. Because sometimes we try and eat so little. That I'm just putting words in your mouth here. I don't say that as a rule. But if you feel like you're kind of hungry an hour later after a meal, maybe it's a sign that you're not getting enough protein and veg at that meal. Then we've got like kind of this psychological hunger, or it might be physiological hunger, but coupled together, boredom, stress. If we are a little bit hungry, then we're more likely to pick. Whereas if we're actually full and satisfied, and we're doing something fun for us, which I've already spoke about, them two combined might make you feel good and you've hit your physiological hunger needs. Because if that feel good feeling isn't there, we're kind of sometimes looking for that border meat, looking for food to make us feel better, which is fine. Like it happens. We all do it. Food is lovely. I love it. Italian background. <laughs> um, so there are just five things there that if you look at them things and look at your habits, kind of tick them off each day, I can guarantee that the more consistent you get with them things, or it could be, if you want to make it more simple, it could be how many times you snack without being hungry, when you're not hungry. So if you're trying to get that number down, just try and get that number down. So how many, just tick off, like how many times, note down, how many times I snacked today when I was, wasn't hungry? Just be more aware of it. That's all you have to do. The, le the fewer times you do that, probably the better results you get. But all these things are in your control, and that's my point here. When you control what you can, you'll put yourself in a better position 
for when stressful things happen. Because stressful things will happen, you can't control the rain, if you like. But you can control how you respond to it by putting a rain mask on. Analogy, hope that made sense. So I hope that helps. Any questions on that, let me know. Um, yeah, always happy to help. So if you have any questions, let me know. We do have our next 21 day home kickstart program starting on Monday. So if you do want more information on that, do send over a message and I'll get you details on that. So I hope that helps. If you do have that kind of relationship with the scales where it seems to kind of hold you back a bit. Water on track now, we'll up my meal content though. Yeah. Personally, I feel a lot better when I'm satisfied at that meal, about 80% full, making sure I get enough protein in there, making sure I've got my vegetables in there, and then I'm, I'm kind of good and satisfied. And keeping busy is so important. Doing something that you find fun. Hey, Pauline, if you can't think of anything that you find fun, makes you happy, try something. Because anxiety is rarely there when you're doing something, right? It's more when you're thinking. Great stuff, Lucy. Great stuff, Michelle. Any other questions, do let me know. Make it a great day. Enjoy the sun, which is meant to be here till about midday. I know you didn't come for a weather forecast, but the clouds are going to come in around midday and it will rain later. So if you go out for a walk, try and go in the morning. Any questions, let me know and speak soon. Take care.